0: One of the signature flowers of spring is the camellia. On this episode of Garden Time, we get some history and tips from the Oregon Camellia Society about growing these beauties. We also preview the annual Newburgh Camellia Festival in Newburgh, Oregon. Coming up on this episode of Garden Time. Garden Time is brought to you by Capital Subaru in Salem, Oregon.
1: Here at Capital Subaru, we are a family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our capital Subaru family. All the support you need, from sales and financing, to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our capital Subaru family, where it's your Your way way on on the the parkway.
0: Welcome to the Garden Time podcast. We're based in the Pacific Northwest of the United States in a Zone 8 region. This zone deals with plants that can survive in 10 degrees Fahrenheit or warmer. I'm producer Jeff Gustin with your hosts, Judy Alloruzzo and Ryan Seeley. Welcome to Garden Time. Uh, Today it is... I'd say early spring still and we are dodging showers and we're talking about one of those beautiful flowers that comes out in early spring the camellia and we're here with Kathy from the Oregon Camellia Society and we're in Newburgh which the official city flower is the camellia yes it is yeah
2: yes it became um, the city flower in um, 1949 I think it was Um, the camellia was um, Fostered by Russell Gaynor in Newburgh, he became just enamored with the camellia. He was a member of Oregon Camellia Society and the American Camellia Society and the Men's Garden Club in Newburgh. And they proposed to have the camellia as the city flower in 1949. Which surprises
0: me because it's a a flower that's been around for centuries.
2: Yes. And
0: I mean, everybody grabs the Rose, you know, the Rose City and all that. Um, We have daffodils uh, as, you know, city flowers. But the Camellia is not, I I don't hear about that as a city flower very often. I
2: think in in the Southeast, it is extremely popular as as a flower in Southeast US. And I think you would find it much, much more so there.
3: But they do well here. I mean, oh, they not do. just in Newburgh, but all over yeah. the they Northwest do. here. They do
2: really well all, all along uh, California, Oregon, Washington, uh, and then Southeast US up to about uh, Maryland, uh, Southern Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey, that area.
4: So Still. they can
0: handle a wide range of
2: Yes, really quite a range. Yeah.
0: You know, for those
5: that are maybe not familiar with camellia. I know a lot of us do, but it's more kind of large shrub, small tree. I yes. Mean, how would you describe what a, a, a camellia, camellia
2: really wants to be a tree? So there aren't two, there aren't lots and lots of really small camellias. You can easily prune them and keep them lower, but most of them want to keep keep growing. And um, in Japan where Camellia Japonica comes from um, it's called uh, Tsubaki there, and that is the tree with shining leaves. Oh.
3: Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're so, evergreen, so nice Yes, and they're bright. evergreen,
2: which is particularly good for us in the Pacific Northwest because it is so dark mm-hmm. and damp, and so if you have that in the landscape, it reflects the light so well. And they really
3: start to bloom for us here in the Northwest. They start blooming so early for us, That's which right. is such a nice break when it's so gray and dark. Yeah.
2: Yes, it's, the camellia is really wonderful in that it actually has four seasons of bloom. Oh, nice. So you've got the camellias asanquas starting usually in October here, and they'll run to early winter. Uh, then you'll have the japonicas and hybrids starting, and they'll run, um, depending on where you live in Oregon, they can usually go to the end of April. And then a more recent development is the camellia azalea, which um, oh. comes from, <laughs> comes from uh, southeast China. And it was discovered in 1980. And it, um, it blooms in the summer and then sporadically throughout the year. But it will only go down to about 23 degrees. So they're doing a lot of hybridizing. And the American Camellia Society is working with Chinese hybridizers uh, to bring it here into the United States. Um and so then it would bloom in the summer and uh and then sporadically in other parts of the year. Is so, it a, a
5: similar looking kind of shrub or, or bloom? Yeah, it it...
2: it had the leaves look slightly different than your typical camellia leaf, but it is evergreen. And it it, it you can see it is a camellia flower. Wow. Um and uh it's uh, the camellia azalea it sounds it's comu- confusing for us yeah me. that's what i was thinking. It's like a, it's i know like more small. yeah no it's com- it's confusing i uh, but um, that species uh, has a has a camellia flower and it's it's somewhat of an orangey red
0: okay, you. Mm-hmm. so the, you wow. brought up uh, temperatures for the yes. azalea camellia um, so, here in the Pacific Northwest, we don't get severe cold, mm-hmm. um, we do get wet. I mean, I was out <laughs> mowing my moss today, or I should have been vacuuming <laughs> it. Um, what are the optimum conditions for growth, as far as the different varieties of St.
2: Um, usually down to about zero. Um, the optimum light is morning sun, afternoon shade. But a Camellia Sasanqua can take a lot more sun. And actually, Japonicas, there are a number of Japonicas that do well out in full sun. Um, You'll be able to tell if if you have planted a Camellia (laughs) and it doesn't like it, the leaves will start turning yellow and they will crisp up a little bit. But really, um, there's a fair number that will will do, do well in sun. They do actually quite well if you have a perennial border you don't often see it. People don't think of using right. Right. Uh, camellias. And so they do well with other plants around their roots. I think it keeps them cool. And so th- in, that, in that situation, I think they tend to do quite well in the sun.
3: Nice, and so in the sun, you'd probably have to keep it evenly moist. Yes. They're not drought tolerant. Right,
2: but, but they, do, they are more drought tolerant than you think because oh. they do put down a tap root, oh, okay. And so after about four years or so, um, you can water less. They, you know, as rhododendrons generally have a root mass that just goes down 15, 20 inches, but a camellia will go down much deeper.
5: And you've talked you know, about some of the different varieties, you know, the Sassanctua varieties that mm-hmm. tend to bloom er- earlier, earlier and then right. the Japonicas, you know, so if somebody's, yes. they have just a little different look mm-hmm. to them also, so if somebody has, right. has a camellia in your yard and they're not sure if it's, Mm -hmm. a Sasanqua variety or a Japonica variety? Are there a couple little telltale signs?
2: Usually Sasanqua leaves are smaller. Um, And yeah, and Japonica leaves have a much larger shape to them. Also Sasanquas often have long whip-like branches which really lends them if you have a fence and you want an espalier you could um, Hide your fence <laughs> um, with, with a uh, Camellias de Sanqua. Also, there are a number of Camellias de Sanquas um, that stay lower, which uh, I was saying, you know, there aren't lots and lots of Camellias right. that will stay that way, but there are some Camellias de Sanquas that will um, Shishigashira, um, uh, Showa Nosake, uh, Chansonette, White Doves. Those, those will stay stay lower for people.
5: And then be more kind of sprawling. Sprawling,
2: that's right. They'll stay lower and wider. Oh, that is nice.
5: Yeah. So kind of like you know, a large ground cover. Right, right. Of, right yeah, yeah. That's right.
2: Yeah. And it's very easy to prune those, because the branches come up very oh, long. Oh, and so if you, you want to keep them, say, at four feet, yeah. it's very easy to snip Ooh. off a branch. And then the different
3: kind of flowers, because there really is a range of flowers. Mm-hmm. It has a, a lot of different ones for people that have different interests in flowers. Right.
2: Um, that's what's so terrific about the chameleon, and I hope people come to the chameleon show. You'll, they'll be surprised. One is used to thinking of camellias around older homes in the Pacific Northwest, and you think, oh, those are sort of stiff, and oh, I'm not sure whether I like those so much. But actually, there are six forms of camellias plus a special extra. So you've got singles, doubles, anemone form, which has somewhat of a powder puff center, a peony form, looks like a, camell- a peony, a rose form double, a uh, formal double, and then the special extra, which is actually a single, is a Higo Camellia. So there's something for everyone, um, uh, flower-wise, bloom-wise. So when
0: you're talking about singles and doubles, we're talking about the number of petals. So That's the right. single is more like a singles, flat.
2: Singles have um, five to eight petals, mm-hmm. and usually show the stamens. A double has um, uh, nine or more petals of uh, two or more rows, and they're easier, they often ripple and roll around the stamens. The anemone form is generally has a flat collar of petals with a center petaloids and stamens, and to me it looks like a little powder puff. <laughs> and then the rose form double often has a tight form in the center, and, but it eventually opens and shows stamens. But a formal double never shows stamens. They almost look the same, but eventually as the bloom ages, uh, the the formal double will will show stamens in the center.
3: And then what about color range?
2: There um, goes from white through pinks, through corals, um, to orange reds, reds, um, metallic blood reds, Mm -hmm. uh, plums, almost into purples like there is a, a one called grape soda which you know gets a little bit purply looking often depending on the weather or on your soil um, and then the special one is the yellow camellia but it is not cold tolerant so they've been working on hybridizing it to be able to find a yellow one that can um, grow outside in a cooler climate Right now, it, it only blooms in a warmer climate.
5: You know, we're, we're used to seeing them around, you know, in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. They've been around forever, you know. Yes. Only. But they actually grow throughout the world.
2: Yes, they, well, the camellia comes from, uh, from Asia, mostly um, Southern China and Japan, but also North Vietnam and Southern Korea. And, uh, but it made its way uh, to Europe so it's extremely popular in Europe and very popular in England, uh, in the, um, England, Ireland, Northern Ireland. Um, and then it made its way over to the United States. It's very popular in um, New Zealand and Australia. So it is in many, many places around the
3: world. Pretty much
0: where the British Empire went. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the Camellia went That's, along. Right. Yeah. That's right. But really
3: so long ago. When were you saying the history to get to the States?
2: So um, a little background, uh, the very popular Camellia plant is Camellia sinensis, which is the tea Camellia. So it came to the fore in southern China around 1700 BC. As a tea and a medicinal. Gradually it became part of the tea ceremony. Um, It traveled with Buddhism over to Japan around the 6th century AD and then eventually there were explorers from Europe, from the Portuguese and the Dutch came to southern China and then eventually Japan. They Uh, Eventually, with those East India companies, they brought the camellia back to Europe, or to Europe, not back to Europe, but to Europe. And um, the first camellias were in um, England in the early 1700s.
0: That was, I mean, I know that the tea trade was one of the major major driving forces for a lot of that. That's right. And and the camellia is right at the forefront there. Right, right. Very cool. Um, People tell me, too, that next to the dahlia, that uh, the camellia is has one of the most diverse blooms. You don't, you know, you only get like a rose. You can tell a rose. You right. know, there's only a couple of types of bloom mm-hmm. types. This one here has something for everyone.
2: It does. It does, and that's what's fun at the show. Um, all of us in the Camellia Society always comment how coming to the show makes people so happy and excited, <laughs> because they go around and they'll say, "Oh my goodness, that's a camellia." I, I, You know, you just right. can't imagine, especially um, I think um, striped camellias or, or camellias wow. that have what the um, Japanese like to call cloud shapes. It's say a red camellia that has soft white circles um, like little clouds wow. on it. Wow. So people are, people are really excited to see all these different forms. Is I them could them? see.
3: Oh, yeah. sorry. I could see how you can collect them because it's yeah. like, yeah, you get really kind yeah. of antsy you get, to get more and more.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then it, it, camellias are size-wise. You can have a camellia that is maybe only the size of your thumb, the beginning of your thumb here, this little joint, up to a camellia that's over five inches and will be like two two big fists. So um, those are the reticulatas. Uh, and so that's exciting. So again, it offers lots of different ways you can use the camellia in your garden. Um, another feature is that a number of them are fragrant, which I think many don't pe- people don't realize. So you have camellias that uh, you can plant, say, next to a walkway, um, and you'll you'll get that fragrance. Um, so it's it's you know, they offer a lot to gardeners.
0: So when you st- um, say someone wants to include one in their yard, um, some quick tips for planting for um, and I mean, because planting mm-hmm. a lot of times when you get a plant, that's the biggest thing you have for success. Right, right. Is doing it correctly. Right. What is the, what do people do not do correctly when they're planting chameleons?
2: Um They plant them so that they'll uh, be too deep Um, Camellias, just like rhododendrons, enjoy having their roots um, closer to the surface so that they'll have air. Uh, So when you plant a camellia, the best thing is to the area directly under your plant, um, just dig down a little bit, but keep a hard area so it doesn't sink down after six months. Because when you've loosened the soil, the soil always, always sinks. So you, you can go out three feet or so, dig around, but right in the center, try not to dig too much right underneath the plant. And it's best to plant a little bit high because it, it, it just does sink. That's, that's good with both camellias and rhododendrons.
0: Soil acidic or? Acidic
2: soil. Mm-hmm. Um, for our clay soil at our home, we have found that uh, we combine um, quarter-ten gravel, compost, and our native clay soil. The quarter-ten lightens that, that clay, but you, you need to just make sure that you're not using any um, of the gravel that has the fines, so uh, because then it be, you become, you get cr- concrete. Right, <laughs> very, very compacted. Yeah. So yeah.
5: F- for drainage purpose-wise, if, you know, if you're not Necessarily going down, but you are going wider. A little are they bit susceptible wide. to like rot issues, you know, as we go through our long, wet winters? Yeah, you
2: know, I've never, I, uh, it, it would seem like that would be the case, but I think if you, if you plant high enough, you're, you're not going to have that problem. Yeah. yeah, so that's the major, that's really the major thing. And it, it's good to put mulch on, but not too much mulch, not too heavy a mulch.
3: They're pretty adorable plants. They are. They really pretty easy
2: care. I think. I think they're they're very they're very tough actually. They're
3: I notice so there's tough.
0: not a lot of disease or, or insect problems, especially insect problems. I don't think I've ever seen in a you, pest on our camellias.
2: Yeah, you um, you'll there are a few problems. Sometimes you can have aphid problems, mm-hmm. and you'll get some leaf curl from that, but not not too much. Um, it's usually the fungal problems mm-hmm. that. Um, We have petal blight is the main problem, and it occurs from here in the Pacific Northwest from about mid-March through end of April. It's when you have that change of season, and the fungus. um, There's really nothing to solve it. Uh, The uh, it forms, it causes a small blights. Um, little brown spots on your blooms and then the um, what happens is the flower will drop and then the spores keep right. going from year to year so that that is I would say that is our major problem. I've
0: heard uh, because of the excess moisture of the spring and the warming temperatures right. it creates that condition That's right. for those fungus. So
2: you don't you don't have it with Camellia sysanquis or those early camellias that bloom in January or February, um, or even very late camellias, um, like um, Night Rider," which is quite a, a beautiful, really dark red camellia with leaves that come out reddish. In fact, the whole plant oh. has red roots.
4: Oh, wow. But anyway,
2: but 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 that, yeah. No. So, uh, but but you don't usually see petal blight on that because it's such a late a late bloomer. So it's that that you know really it's sort of unfortunately the height of camellia japonica bloom right. that that gets it. Is, is
5: there things to do? as, you know because you know like you know, mm-hmm. with such large petals and blooms and they tend to drop to yes. the ground when they're done, and is there, it, the best re-cleaning thing, those thing. Yes,
2: up? the best thing is to clean the petals up each year after the bloom is completed. Throw it away in your trash, not your compost pile. Mm. Um, that's, that's really um, the best thing that you can do.
5: Excellent. And then nutri- nutrient-wise, you talked about, they are they, acid-loving They are plants,
2: acid-loving. Um, they're not really real heavy feeders. Um, I would, we usually just feed, if you see that your camellia is turning yellow, um, one can feed with a, a general fertilizer, um, like a 10-10-10 or something like that, um, and also add um, iron, and it will usually take, take a while for it to, to green up, it'll take um, a few months so don't three to six it months, o- overnight. No, yeah. it <laughs> it'll, is it'll, is it'll yeah. take it'll take <laughs> th- take three to six months. I think when we were having some problems with our camellias a couple of years ago, I fertilized at the end of January and it wasn't till June that I noticed that they had all greened up really well. The rule of thumb for fertilizing is usually um, March, um, May and Fourth of July. But I never Tell people here in the Pacific Northwest to do for to do in the summer because we don't get rains in the summer right. here. Right. It's not like the southeast where you're you're generally getting a rainstorm every week. So if you want to fertilize, um, I wouldn't fertilize past May.
3: And then what about pruning? When is a good time? Say you want to shape mm-hmm. it; it's just a little misshapen because mm-hmm. you don't really have to. They have beautiful shapes. They,
2: they um, usually for pruning it would be um either with bloom like you might want to bring some blooms into the house oh. or um just after bloom because um if you go too late you're going to cut off bloom uh, for the right next year because they form their buds during the summertime.
0: And kind
5: of like the rhododendron.
0: Just, just like the gardens, exactly right. it's
2: just Same like that thing. but Same i notice thing.
0: a lot of people too they'll want to go to that tree form and so um Eliminating some of those lower limbs, when would be a good time? You,
2: can, you could really do that at any time. Okay. You can really prune actually any time during the year. That would just be the optimum is just after it blooms.
0: Do, uh, do they like uh, cool feet? I mean, uh, down I, near the root zone? Yes, so, I think so. So uh, having a little protection. Yeah, as will... I
2: said, I, I think especially if you're planting out in the sun, it, it's not, it, they seem to like to have other, other plants around them. Um, And then they they seem to do quite well, and in fact for pruning it's Said that you should prune to be able to allow a bird to fly through the camellia bush That sounds like a Japanese I think so so. (laughs) Um, and you generally if you're planting in a woodland situation you probably will have to you won't probably have to do very much pruning because it will grow in a more open fashion if you plant out in the sun that's where the camellia becomes very dense and and that's where you'll have to try to open it up a little bit
0: very cool um so we're at the Shehalem cultural center in newburgh oregon and roughly about the middle of april every year Mm -hmm. you guys have a big show here so they have a big festival you mentioned it earlier we're going to talk to Brian a little bit about it um but the Camellia Society has a big show here during that Saturday so tell us what goes on uh, with the show itself sure
2: it's well this year is our 82nd annual Camellia show um and so uh, much
0: older than Newberg having it as (laughs) as a flower Yeah.
2: (laughs) yeah so we we've had we've had shows Uh, in Portland at the Portland years ago um, in the Portland Art Museum at Meyer and Frank um, at the um, Portland Japanese Garden but eventually we found our home here so we've been here for about about 15 years or so it's been a perfect combo but the the
0: general public not only can come and view them they can enter that's right
2: anyone can enter a bloom in the show and you shouldn't worry if you're a novice because there will be Camellia Society members to help you, uh, to know how to put the, uh, to write out the paperwork and to display the flower. So it's, it's fun. Everyone who's having a good time.
0: And you guys have a website, I'm sure. We do,
2: um, OregonCamelliaSociety.org.
0: And, and that it has gives, all the information? It has
2: the information and it has cultural information um, for anyone wanting to plant their camellias. It has lots of information on the website.
0: Well, I got to tell you, we did the Oregon or uh, did the Garden Time show here in Newburgh, Oregon, multiple years and one of the best, the most fun societies uh, <laughs> to, um, to get to know and to get to know more about the camellia. So thank you so much for taking time with us today. Oh, so you. we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, um, we're going to talk to Brian from the city of Newburgh about the festival itself and what you can exper- experience. Uh, coming up here in the middle of April. And we'll be right back.
1: Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family all the support you need, from sales and financing, to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come, and generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our capital Subaru family, where it's your Your way way on on the the parkway.
5: For 75 years, Al's Garden and Home has been a favorite destination of local gardeners. Starting in a small roadside fruit stand off of 99E in Woodburn by Al Biggie, Owls has grown to four retail locations in the Portland metro area that also includes a huge growing operation near Hubbard. To ensure that you get the highest quality, Owls grows over 80% of the plants they sell. This fourth generation family-owned business is now one of the most recognized garden centers in the country. Stop by one of our four locations to learn why Owls is the first stop for Northwest gardeners.
3: DRAM is celebrating 75 years of design and manufacturing of quality watering tools. DRAM products feature nine water patterns and are designed to nurture your plants with a shower of rain. DRAM for lawn and garden, available at garden centers near you.
0: And welcome back to Garden Time. Um, we are now with Brian, who I was wrong on your title. Uh, so go ahead and, uh, and tell us your title. So that Brian Stewart. With... I'm the uh,
4: Park Supervisor with Shalem Park and Rextus Dis- okay. District. But yeah.
0: Newburgh City is in, involved in that. Absolutely.
4: Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So and, uh,
0: tell us about now we've interviewed you many, many times over the years. And we were expecting cookies today, but that's okay. Yeah, I no, guess, no, no, no. That's why you should say because I
4: literally <laughs> felt guilty no, pulling no. up here this morning, and and yeah, we no, had a budget geez. meeting last night, and I feel really bad. No, about no,
0: that no, night. no. He, he used to bring cookies for every every year when we did the interview. Um, so tell us about uh, the Camellia Festival and how it got started. And this is what year is this?
4: Sure, it's a 15th year. Hard to believe. Hard and it's believe. always the the
0: middle of April, correct? Yeah, approximately. We, we,
4: Try to it runs with the anniversary of our city flower was uh, uh, on April 1st in 1949, and uh, they they named the camellia the city flower, but uh, we try to have the festival built around the Oregon Camellia Society's bloom show when uh, the blooms are present, obviously. But uh, there's that silly uh, uh, holiday of Easter that floats around and <laughs> spring break, so. <laughs> Try not to clash with either one of those, so it generally falls, you know, the second week in East, uh, April or sometime in April.
0: And and yeah, I mean, it's a festival, but it's <clears throat> weather dependent.
4: Very much so. And so you
0: know, this spring we've been cold and wet, so it's the blooms probably aren't as far far along. That doesn't stop you from having a great time.
4: Oh, absolutely not. And what's unique too with, uh, with our partnership with the uh, uh, Camellia Society, Oregon Camellia Society, is. Their members are statewide, and they live in different areas with different microclimates. So, and uh, it's kind of fun to watch that as uh, uh, some some members that show up and they've got plenty of blooms, and others are struggling with their 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 few. And uh, and it's serious competition too. So they they have a, a huge passion for this. So I love that part of it. But uh, uh, yes, it's, there's a whole festival built around. The center is the the camellia bloom show, and. Uh, Started 15 years ago uh, with in conjunction with the uh, Oregon Camellia Society, reached out to the city and wondered if the city was actually doing something for their 60th anniversary of the Camellia being uh, the city flower. And at the time I did work for the city of Newburgh, I was a city of Newburgh's groundskeeper, and that email trickled down to me. I think they looked at each other and said, who knew? But, <laughs> but this guy's our plant guy. He might. And uh, so I responded back to then president of uh, uh, the society, Dennis Dooley. And they were gracious enough to, to come out. And uh, we, in conjunction, we did an informal bloom show. And I thought, how cool, because uh, it was kind of child psychology. I was thinking of uh, job security there. I'll plant a bunch of camellias around town that we have to take care of on city property. but. Uh, uh, so made a little trail map of where they're located and uh, and handed out free camellias to the I think it was 47 people showed up that day or whatever. Yeah. So we handed out little four-inch camellias, but uh, by uh, uh, by securing those camellias, I, I was able to strike up a relationship more with different members of the camellia society, and it was it was fun. It was successful, and uh, we had a good time. And uh, the camellia society went away, and we went about our job and. Uh, As fate would have it, uh, this building was just opening up. This this used to be a school, the central school here in town. And uh, they were just opened as a cultural center. And the Camellia Society lost their venue for their annual bloom show at the Japanese garden due to construction and, and they were looking for a new venue to do their annual show. And they reached back out to us saying, hey, we had a great time there, we're looking to expand uh, the knowledge of Camellia and membership outside of Oregon, or outside of Portland, excuse me. And uh, is there anywhere in town that we could possibly do a, a show? And uh, so we kind of racked our brains and uh, being the groundskeeper here, one of the buildings I took care of was the library across the street and watched this building develop. So I, I approached the, the board here and and uh, it's uh, the parish family. And uh, Joanne and uh, Ken Austin are actually the huge uh, uh, Donors to this building and helped develop the whole building, and they were gracious enough to to say, "You know, I mentioned could we do something like that here, maybe have a Bloom show and then build some kind of festival out of it and for the community and they said, that's what this building's all about, you know art culture and and community, and it fit right in. So we were the first major event in this building uh, fourteen years ago, and uh, along with the Oregon Community Society, and it has grown leaps and bounds every year, so uh, we were the first year in here, it used to just be here, but now there's a formal ballroom up the stairs behind us, and went, that used to be the gym, and it's now a formal ballroom, and we were the first event in there also, and then the forecourt out front used to just be grass, you know, the front of the school, and it's now a beautiful uh, forecourt and a uh, paver patio, and uh, we are the first event to expand out there. so every every year it, it there's it's getting bigger and bigger it's it's a blast it really is
3: what else can you do you, you see the blooms i mean i think that's the major part of coming i mean that's my favorite part right. but there's really something for everybody when you come
4: yeah you're absolutely right judy it's it's that makes the festival really unique so there's there's plant people that are in inter- <laughs> or flower or bloom people that are interested in flower itself and then uh we have a full days worth of entertainment and it starts with a 5k 10k run that's it's chip time. It's legitimate, and uh, but it's casual too at the same time. But uh, so we have people come from all over the state, believe it or not. And we'll have uh, upwards of 600 runners this year, and it gets getting bigger every
0: year. Dude, is there a way that people can register? I mean, yeah,
4: they uh, can go to uh, uh, the Camellia Run or CamelliaFestival.com, and it links you right to the run, the run walk, and it's uh, 10k, 5k, as I mentioned, and uh, so you could still register for that, and then we take walk ups the day of. Uh, the day of the festival. Super popular, and uh, as I said, it's uh, competitive in some ways, but it's you know babies and strollers and the whole works too. So it's great, it's a lot of fun. And then that rolls right after that's completed, uh, a whole full-blown festival opens up starting at 10 o'clock, and, uh, and we have entertainment and uh, uh, educational demonstrations too, all day long. So uh, we have a formal tea ceremony that we do and then we do a uh, uh, Ikebana demonstration also. And then uh, we have, so we have in taiko is a, is a youth uh, taiko group that are just phenomenal. I would recommend them to, to anybody that's never seen taiko drummers. The, the energy they bring and the enthusiasm and just the skill is just, it blows your mind. It's really cool. And then, uh, so after that we do a, uh, this year we have a White Lotus Lion and Dragon dancers. and. Uh, it's a really epic lion and dragon dance thing, from on stilts to you know, interactive with the audience. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to that. And then uh, we have a taiko, a taiko player, or excuse me, Koto with uh, the with Marjorie. And uh, she actually brings uh, the Koto Kai, and it's dueling Koto's. So there's an ensemble of four of them. So, if you've never seen the, the koto, it's 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 really uh, beautiful and uh, impressive. To it's watch like simply. a
3: traditional instrument, Japanese. Instrument. Yeah,
4: it, it's like a uh, the guitar. Lead, I'm sure I'm describing this it, totally wrong, but <laughs> and so I apologize for that. But it's laying flat, oh, and you okay. play you it, pluck it, but you know, it's okay. an iconic, play it like a yeah, harp, okay. iconic sound. Very it iconic really beautiful, yeah. Too, and uh, for them to be able to strum that and, mm-hmm. and generate that kind of music and uh, energy is. Is super uh, fun to listen to, but and uh,
3: can you buy plants? I mean, that's what we want. Well, to yeah, we're know. into that. Yeah,
4: but one more. we have a uh, then we have a, a hula high, too, and then uh, at at in the afternoon, and it's oh, all age groups doing hula and oh, traditional dance, and that's it's really colorful and that's that's great to watch, absolutely. And then inside that same ballroom where all this is going on, we have forty some odd vendors uh, dealing all kinds of different wares, and then uh, a Huge plant sale that goes on out on our four-court patio that we have out back. And some of the lowest, greatest prices you're ever going to get wholesale (laughs) from uh, Spada Farms. And uh, they don't like me to mention that or whatever (laughs) but because they are strictly wholesale. But they've been a wonderful partner for 14 years. So they're going to get it. They're great growers. They are great growers. And great people. Mm -hmm. And uh, plenty of camellias for sale, of course. The Camellia Society, have camellias for sale. And uh, also the festival, have camellias for sale. Rose Society is here this year, which is oh, really neat. That's right. cool. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit of something for everybody, and then the food. You know, we got a you know a ton of food vendors out front, and uh, the wares going on inside. So it's it's just a great day of fun. it. Really is a lot of energy.
3: And is there a fee to to attend? Totally free.
4: Thank you for asking that. <laughs> yeah, it's always been free. <laughs> that's and, the uh, best part. I mean, yeah, it is generous. It's, it's generous. so cool. And uh, yeah, in this building, when you get here, you'll be blown away. That uh, wow, that that exists here in yeah.
0: Um, Family-friendly, I'm assuming, because I know in the past you've had kids' activities.
4: All kinds um, of kids And the yeah.
0: playground, there's a playground right next to the building. So even when they get tired, you as a parent sure. can let them burn off some steam. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. And they will be uh, uh, having kids' activities. Uh, the, the center puts it on, and, and uh, that's great. And then, uh, yeah, just the entertainment stuff that's going on, the kids are really enthralled by that, especially the drumming.
5: You know, New- Newburgh getting known for, you know, the city flower you must have a few camellias around town. There are, yeah,
4: from one end of town to the other. It's, uh, it's a great place to come see camellias in bloom. Uh, part of the downtown, which is uh, just a half a block away from where the venue is, is uh, lined with, I think there's 86 wine barrels, and they all have camellias in them, uh, different ones blooming and stuff, and uh, yeah, there's some iconic camellias just all throughout town as big biggest houses that have been here for a long, long time. So we not only have the, our city flower is the camellia, uh, about three or four years ago, we actually uh, uh, the state legislature passed a proclamation that uh, uh, named Newburgh the official Camellia city of, of Oregon, which is cool. And then at the same time, I was lucky enough that I worked with a hybridizer down in uh, Fort Bragg, California, and we secured a Camellia, and then we went through the process with the help of the Oregon Camellia Society of, of naming that city of Newburgh. So we actually have our own camellia that wow. is named oh, and, wow. right, and we're doing uh, we're taking cuttings off of that and uh, uh, reproducing it, and uh, you know eventually you know hopefully we can sell those at the show or nice. give those away too. So
0: I, oh. I want people to know too that uh, after the festival is over with, or even before the festival, Newburgh, the community of Newburgh, is incredible, uh, beautiful little city here. Um, Right in smack dab in the w- middle of wine country, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people. I mean, we have a favorite restaurant here that, um, actually, a couple of them that we <laughs> had come to when when we were uh, videotaping the Garden Time mm-hmm. Show. Um, people really need to come out here, not just for the festival, but year round.
4: Yeah, to see the town. There's something going on year round. We have a beautiful here in town. We have a a brand new uh, aquatic center or whatever that uh, Shalem Park and Rec built. It's it's phenomenal and. People come from all over, but not just sports teams and everything else, just to experience that. Uh, Shehalem Park and Rec, we have Shehalem Glen Golf Course, which is a public course, uh, 18 holes and driving range. That's absolutely beautiful in the middle of the town. And like you said, there's plenty of restaurants and, and businesses, and, uh, and we are, and wine. You know, a lot of wine tours, and we're, we are right at the door of that. So uh, there's no shortage of things to do uh, year round. You're absolutely right.
0: And so uh, one final thing. So when people come and bring their blooms, um, there's a deadline on that Saturday morning, correct?
4: Right. So between 8 and 11, uh, anybody can show up novice, uh, anybody that's, you know, you don't have to have any experience. There's plenty of people here that are going to help, help you register those. So between uh, 8 and 11 in the morning, they will I always to bring tell their people,
0: lungs. too, when they enter, bring a longer stem. You can always make it shorter, that's... but you can never make it longer. Sure. You know? so bring a longer <laughs> Measure stem. Measure twice, cut one Exactly, ones, right? yeah. exactly. Bring then extras. Then that... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and uh, so where can people go to find out information? So
4: you can go to uh, uh, newbergcamelliafestival.com, and uh, it has everything right there. It'll link you to Oregon Camellia Society, to uh, the run, uh, and everything. So in the hours of the festival, like I said, the run will kick off at 9.05, and the festival starts at 10 to 4.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, Brian, thank you so much. Thank you, and It's guys. great to it's, see you again. It's a blast. Um, you know, if you're interested in camellias, contact the Oregon Camellia Society. And if you really want to have a fun day with your family, come on out to Newburgh on Saturday the 15th, this is 2023. so next year it'll be different. Yeah so you can always you go. go to the website and check out more. Um, and uh, just enjoy this community. It's a it's a Judy and I have both come. I'm not sure if Ryan's been I,
5: I've been out several times. yeah he's been
0: out to So um, it is a great festival. you got to enjoy it with your family. Um, thanks again for listening Thank and watching. Um, go to gardentime.tv and you can click to the video portion and watch this or you can also find uh, different places for you to download the audio. Thanks again to Al's, Portland Nursery, uh, Capital Subaru, DRAM, all help bring this to you. Um, We thank you once again for joining us, and happy gardening.
1: At Portland Nursery, we believe that gardening is a creative endeavor that enriches our experience, enlivens the spaces around us, and provides a safe haven for the mind. Portland Nursery has everything you need to make your space feel unique, inviting, and exciting. From houseplants and hedges to trees, tools, veggies, and herbs, our selection is always growing and changing, just like you. Come visit us today at 50th and Stark, 90th and Division.
3: DRAM is celebrating 75 years of design and manufacturing of quality watering tools. DRAM products feature nine water patterns and are designed to nurture your
1: plants with a shower of rain. DRAM for lawn and garden, available at garden centers near you. Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our capital Subaru family. All the support you need, from sales and financing, to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our capital Subaru family, where it's your Your way way on the parkway.